Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is my truth. Tell me yours. On this episode, I spoke with Gretchen McKenna. Um, you know, you probably at some point in your life need a tie or one or two or three. If you're ever in the market for a tie, if you go to wearedapperties.com, you know, they've got a huge selection of stuff. You can pick out, you know, a tie or two or three and uh, check out if you enter promo code TRUTH you will get free shipping in the continental United States. So uh, we thank them for their sponsorship. Uh, we are Dappertize.com uh, for sponsoring this episode. Uh, Gretchen is someone that I met uh, at work about five years ago, four and a half years ago. Um, but uh, we became friends and have stayed in touch, and our, our lives have been intertwined with different people. And we And that was basically the crux of this conversation was how you know, our lives and, you know, everyone's lives are kind of like a lattice work overlapping each other and intertwining. And, uh, you know, this is definitely a very loose conversation. It was, uh, we hadn't seen each other in a while. Uh, and, uh, it was just kind of catching up. It, it was in a very loud coffee shop in Gloucester, Massachusetts, which is the, the town that I was born in. Uh, so it was kind of cool to be back there in the little seaside town of Gloucester. Um, one of the noisier coffee shops I've ever been in, so apologies for the noise, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was great catching up with Gretchen, and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy the conversation. I kind of feel the same. It, it's a, it is kind of weird, and I used to like when I started doing it. I didn't even tell people I was because it's like because it's not like I a, wouldn't have known that what this was. <laughs> it's so it's so small, and it's funny because I the when I started doing this, I had one that was even smaller, but it was it was all metal and it yeah. was heavier, but it was also. Um, like this has a memory card. The other one, it was all internal, and it oh, was great until it didn't work. Yeah, and it you was can't a, pick it. It apart. was a Dutch company, and I reached out to them, and I was like, "Hey, this is what's going on." They're like, "Oh, sorry, here's all your money back." And I was like, "I, I'm like, that's great, but there's I, no solution. Yeah. Can I have my stuff and things that are in here?" <laughs> I mean, luckily, I had, I had all but one of the podcast I had recorded on, I had uploaded already, so I only That's lost awesome. one thing, but it was like... Uh, it's still, it's the fact that, like, it's a nuisance. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no. Well, and... See you later. Because <laughs> the, intru- the instructions, they had English instructions, but it was, like, the fifth fifth set of instructions in the book. Yeah. And it was, like, translated, like, like whoever translated, like, clearly English wasn't their first one. So it was, like, had all the right it's words. English. <laughs> And when I, like, tried to call them their customer service number, which they had a customer service number, but nobody spoke English who answered it. It was, like, one person. So really small Dutch company that probably made it. Right. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, and it was a great product. But anyway, so this one, it was funny when I ordered this one and I got it in the mail because the other one was so heavy. I was like, this isn't going to work. But this, I mean, because it's super lightweight. That's awesome. It travels well. I actually have two of them because I, I, when I was on my road trip. Did you bring this on the road trip? Yeah, I have two of them. Uh, I brought it just because I was like, well, I don't know. Like, if it dies, 
you know, I want to have a backup. And it didn't die, but because uh, I do, I actually do three podcasts now, so I have one dedicated to, to to each of them, and then one of them we record in the studio, which I still owe you a painting. I don't remember. I don't remember. It, okay, it was funny because last night. I was looking through my cousins are in Montana right now. Uh-huh. Or is it Yellowstone? Is that Montana? Uh, it's it is Montana and it's also South Dakota? Yes, so they're in Montana because they just were taking pictures of bison. Yeah. And I was like, Scott took <laughs> I took a bunch of bison, bison pictures. pictures. Yeah, yeah. And it just reminded me, I was like, Oh my god, that's fucking crazy. I'm gonna yeah. see Scott tomorrow. I was talking to my brother and he was like what the hell are they doing in Montana? I was like, I don't know. They're yeah. just sending tons of cool pictures. That's awesome. <laughs> Who knows? It was so funny. So when I when I stayed in Montana, I stayed with my buddy Sam, who I went to high school with. That's crazy. But I hadn't seen him since 1994. But yeah. but when I was getting ready to go on the trip, like I reached out to a bunch of people to yeah, sit down and do Yeah, that's the way this. you have to do it. And um, uh, one was this girl, Tara, who I met... Uh, in Jerome, Arizona. Yep. And I was like, hey, I'd love to sit down with you and chat. She's like, perfect. She's like, just let me know when, you, when you're when you getting close to the Montana area. I was like, oh, you don't live in Arizona anymore? She's like, no, I just, I just moved like a month ago to Montana. I was like, oh, what part? She's like, Missoula, which is the same town that my buddy lives in. That's so weird. And through weird circumstances, because she's a musician, she had just gotten a gig at a bar that was owned by my buddy's next door neighbor. Like he had never met It was met just her. like little small town. Yeah, and it was like, well, no, um, Missoula's a pretty big town. It's like no, but I'm saying small town. Like yeah, connection. We know like, each other. Yeah, like it, in Missoula, <laughs> like, I like, have yeah, friends it's there. So weird. And, uh, <laughs> I'm I, already connected in ways that I didn't even realize. And then I had another friend move there like two months after I got back from my trip. That's um, crazy. Yeah, it's it's insane. But it, it is insane because Montana is one of those spots that you're just like. I don't know anyone that lives in Montana, and then all of a sudden everybody's like, "Hey, so I was in Montana," and like right. it just becomes a topic. <laughs> I think it's one of the new like. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like, it's, it's insane. It's one of those locations that I think in the last like five to ten years, a lot of people have migrated there. Yes. Yeah, um, more accessible now than yeah. ever before. I mean, I just think about like how much. Like the country has changed just in our lifetime, like a lot, yeah, a lot accessibility wise. I even looking at North Carolina, like yeah. where I was living when I first moved there, the way it was versus how it is now, mm-hmm. and the fact that people know the town, yeah, they're like, Oh, yeah, this girl, I've been through there, I've been to that restaurant, and I've done this, and like. We built that restaurant right. with our hands. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. What are you yeah. talking about? As if it was some sort of like hip place to go to. I'm like, it was just a little podunk town. A little out of the way place. And just a lot of really great people moved there and created something. Yeah. And now it's like kind of go to spot, yeah. which I like. I'm, but still, we're like, ah, my friend, my neighbor lives there. I had a dude that lived in Pittsburgh that lived at 68 Woodlawn Street when I lived at 12 Woodlawn Street. And it's a dead-end street in yeah. Jamaica Plain. And I was like, yeah, I used to live in Jamaica Plain on Woodlawn. He's like, I lived at 68. And his mother was visiting. And she was like, you did I was like, we had a hot rod. We used to fix it in the street. She's like, you were those people. <laughs> I was like, 
That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> oh my god. Well, like the older I, I don't know. Like I feel like the older I get, the more like I don't know. The smaller the world gets. I mean, really. I mean, it's a huge place, but as far as like connectivity, connectivity. It's like, no, it is. It's like these little pods of energy, but it's it's like Facebook. Yeah. Well, it's it's. I mean, we we're talking about that right before I started recording, and it's such a for me. It's such a double-edged sword because you're absolutely right like a lot of times when you're on there you when you log off you're not feeling you don't feel good better um about your life for yourself but it's such a for like because for me it's such a tool that i use for like art and yeah other stuff and, and and connecting with yeah because like that trip that i went on a lot of the people that i stayed with you know, I've stayed in touch with through, through Facebook, social, social which media. was why it was so hard to get rid of it. Sure. And I was like, you know what? Everybody comes back around in time. That's why I keep the Instagram because there's no opinions. Uh-huh. If somebody likes something, they can like it. Yeah. If they don't want, like yeah. it, they can just keep going. Yeah. Moseying on. <laughs> I, I also like Instagram because like, you don't have to... Well, first of all, you don't have to know the person personally to, and like, you don't have to... They, they suggest things to you too, yeah. that are really B- good based on what, what you're already into but also like you don't have to like someone's thing just because they like yours and vice versa there's so, none of it yeah. there's none of that yeah. co-mingling of weirdness <laughs> although I did have this I, I did send a I did send a message to this company this morning because and the first couple times I know so I was like oh that's weird I think yeah I have businesses that will like my page or start following me. Yes. But then they unfollow it, which is fine. But, but then a couple of days later, they'll they'll follow it again. Yes. And it's and and I get what they're doing because I think they assume if they follow you, you'll check it out and then follow them back. It's clickbait. Yeah. Yeah. But so I just I sent a message to this company and I said, hey, you follow me and unfollow me every three or four days. That's super suspicious. I it's was super like, weird. I was like. How about you knock it off, or I'm going to report you as spam. Um, That's know, awesome. I didn't get a response, but it's one of those things that, like, even besides the fact that, like, I, and it's, I mean, it's look pig products of. Some people make money based upon the algorithm of clicking on the page. Right. So, like, my business page, mm-hmm. the analytics will come through. Right. And like, some Insta now is a business account, and so it does analytics, and I'm like. I don't care yeah. how many people like my picture. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. But it does. Yeah. And it wants to tell me things. And then it's like, I can get free promotion if I get over a thousand likes and all this other stuff. I'm like, I don't care. Right. I'm not, that's not what I'm here for. Right. And the only reason why it's set up as a business is it was my Facebook business page. That makes sense. And now I can't reset it. I don't have Facebook anymore. Yeah. And now I don't even have a login to Instagram. If I lose it, it's done. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, it was so weird. I So I just started selling stuff on eBay again for the first time, like, since I've been back from Arizona. I just yeah. mostly, like, CDs and collectibles and stuff. Like, mainly, you don't have any CDs. What's that? You don't have any CDs. I have one or two. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, like, all my stuff's been in storage since I went on my trip. And I was like, and wow. I'm, you know, I'm paying yeah. all the time. And I was like, okay. And, like, I plan on, like, hitting the road again in the fall. And I was like... How, how, how much do I really want to pay out all this stuff if it's like if I've had that's story. a reality check yeah it really is so I was like I've been getting like my one thing I decided even before I left trip was I was like alright when I get back 
got to get rid of at least a thousand CDs, which I've done. That's amazing. Um, but I was like, all right. That's like ambitious too. You're like, here's my goal. Yeah. Um, but now, like, I've gone through the collection a few times, and I'm like, all right, how much of this stuff am I really hanging on to, just because I've had it for forever? And it's that's, like, that's a hard thing to break, man. Yeah. yeah. But it's putting yourself in check, and like that is definitely when I left North Carolina and moved back up here, mm-hmm. I moved up in the Gulf. Yeah. That was a major perch. And then Rita Necro and Ingrid have moved here and they have like stuff from the old house. I'm like, whoa, I remember that thing. I can totally live without it. Yeah. But it was like, you know, hot or like my lawn furniture. Right. And I'm like, oh yeah, that shit's still looking pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> Glad a- you guys still have it. It's good. That's the thing, like, I want to, like, ideally be able to like spend like a season in different places it's awesome but that means I gotta simplify my life yeah, you and it's a process but um, it doesn't happen quick let me tell you yeah. it's definitely one of those like it took me four months to whittle everything down and that was like pretty strong decisions on what I was yeah. gonna keep I had no music other than what's on what's on the phone at sure. this point because it was you know I really want to sift through every single CD and every single record album all of that's just not even worth it that's not my world that was Necro's world so I was like we can have that right if I need something I'll look it up I'll find it again well, the thing that I because I have like a bunch of collections like that's what I've done like for the last yeah. you know 30 your years your CD collections your record collections yeah, yeah. Um, that's but, your that was your world though but I, the way I looked at it I was like I bet you I could get rid of like a quarter of each of my collections and if I sell it on eBay and stuff like that I could probably pay for most of the trip that I'm planning that's smart so but you were also getting points through like Best Buy right hmm. yeah Best Buy. Is that even a store anymore? <laughs> right now it is, which still surprises me. Like I was talking to someone the other day about like I, was like, I think they sell like phone cases. I think that's their MO. Well, they do. well it's funny because next month is when they're getting rid of all of their music. Really? Uh, yeah. Which that's how I started working for them. I because I was like because I've worked in record stores like, yeah. most of my life and so I was you know I worked in the media department at the time which was music and movies and yeah. a little bit of video games now it's video games and a little bit of movies and soon to be no music that's so crazy it's crazy that's a weird format that they have well it was always like for those big box stores music was always a lost leader and I never understood the mentality behind it because they're like, you'll come in to buy a twelve dollar CD and then leave with a, you know, thirteen hundred dollar refrigerator. Yeah, and I'm just like, it doesn't work that way. Well, that was like, do you remember that? What was that store? Leechmere. That's what Leechmere was. They had a great record department. Yeah. And but it was like, you know, right as you walked in from the outside door, it was a record department. But then you had to walk through housewares. Like, I need that presto pressure cooker to go with my Madonna True Blue album. Right. Well it's funny because like twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, all these big box stores came and drove out a lot of the small mom and pop niche stores but now a lot of those niche stores are kind of coming back because the mom and pop 
or the, the big box stores couldn't like fulfill what no. people needed. That's yeah. why Mystery Train is still like cranking here in Gloucester. Yeah, the record store. Yeah. yeah, it is better than ever, bigger yeah. and better. And it's funny, my dad was just like, "Oh, I got to go down to Mystery Train and stock up on some albums." I was like, "He's like, you know, racks of albums in the basement." He's like, "Can you pull me from here, here, and here?" Yeah. Oh my god, what are you gonna buy, man? He's got his record player set up in his workroom and blasting music. I yeah. feel bad for the neighbors, but. It is what it is. He loves his new record player. Nice. Yeah. I, I have such a weird relationship with vinyl because. I think everybody does at this point. Yeah. Well. It sounds amazing. It does. But then you got to move it around places and stuff and not break it. Which, you know, <laughs> the older I get... You can't the, put it in the, your pocket. Yeah, the more of a hassle it is. And it's like... I mean, because... I always think about the car. With the, the turntable in the car. I love it. Um, I wanted to say that. <laughs> I mean, when we were... You know... When, when we first started buying, I mean, I don't, how old were you when you first started buying your own music? Like about ten. Yeah, about ten. C, like CDs were the big thing then, and cassettes. Cassettes. Yeah, like I never had more cassettes, but then with punk, it was like you know you had to buy albums because you did a mixtape with your friend. Right. But I was like, you know, you're getting the DOA album, but you don't get the cassette because there was no cassette of it. Right. You got the album. Right. And it was then dubbed over and over again. Right, right. And over and over and over yeah. and over. With my yellow sports Walkman. Yeah. Ate every single tape. <laughs> was it the big chunky one that yeah, had like the, the fold, fold over? over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the, that. Yeah. Airlock. Yeah, that was always the worst. I babysat like, for like all summer to buy that bloody thing. Yeah. I think it was like $68. It was so heartbreaking when it would chew up a tape too. Yeah. And then I would get yelled at that I didn't clean off the head with alcohol. Yeah. So you had to take the swabs and clean it off. And my dad's like, that's what's sticky. That's what's eating. I was like, did you know it just sucks? Yeah. Well, I remember, like, because I worked at Strawberries, and we were, like, one of the things. Strawberries music. Yeah. We used to push the head cleaner cassettes, which that was, like, eight or nine bucks. And, like, people were like, how often should I do it? And it was like, oh, every hundred hours. I'm like, I, I think I maybe cleaned. My tape player, like, twice in twice. my life. Yeah. yeah. I remember those things. But the thing is, it's like, yeah, it was just felt that went through. Mm-hmm. But if you, you could put alcohol on them and it would clean them more effectively, but they right. never told you to do that. Right. Right. My dad was such an asshole about that stuff. Loved it. He's like the Nazis. And good to keep your stuff in good work in order. Right. He had one of those metal first Sony's that came out for oh, the yeah, yeah, original yeah. that had the leather case yeah, yeah, yeah. we were not allowed to touch that bloody thing and if it was like moved even ever so slightly he he'd be like Who, what were you girls doing yeah <laughs> my dad had one of the first CD players it was a Sony and it was the size of a disc man yeah but, but it wasn't a portable CD player it was like you attached it to your own stereo and unit. unit yeah and because uh, I, I remember because at the time I think you paid like $600 for it they were expensive and they still make the same model and it's like 1999 now <laughs> uh, you know Sony, you know, 30 years later. Uh, well, that's like the um, laser discs. Remember those? I remember. I had a ton those of laser were discs. 
Those were out for a long time. Those were in the 80s they had them. I yeah. didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. Like, it didn't occur to me until I was thinking about CDs. And I was like, Laserdiscs were around in the 80s, yeah. in the early 80s. They never really caught on with the mass, like, popular culture. No, it was rich people had them. It was, um, because I used to buy... I used to buy them from Suncoast Video, and... Because, like, just a regular movie, just yeah. a movie movie, was a minimum of $40 on Laserdisc. And, like, I remember... They're I, huge! They're huge. I mean, they're the size of a record. They're, yes. you know, 12 by 12, and they only hold an hour on each side, so halfway through the movie, you'd have to get up and flip it over. You know, like a record. <laughs> but I remember I bought the Star Wars trilogy on uh, Laserdisc for 100 bucks. What? Uh, yeah, it was, you know, all three movies. And, That's crazy. Um, it's funny. It came in a catalog this big. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 kept, I kept my Laserdisc player through when I lived in Jerome, Arizona. And yeah. when I was moving back, because I literally just took a cargo van back, and most of it was my record store stuff. Yeah. And I just, I literally didn't the have the room. record store in Jerome. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny, because now... There, there is a record store because uh, Maynard. This is what I heard. Yeah, Maynard's wife opened one in the basement of the Lucifer store. Really? So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. My ex, uh, who I'm still on good terms with, she 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 works there. Is it? So. Wait, what was her name? Lacey. Lacey. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. When I say Stacy, I was yeah. like, I know that's not right. <laughs> she. So she. It's funny. She's left Jerome and come back twice like since I've because she wasn't living there when I left that's and, crazy and she moved back maybe a year afterwards and then left and then so when I was just on my trip she was living in um, Michigan uh, and two days after I left Jerome she she moved back to Jerome like that's I mean crazy. I knew that she was moving back because I was yeah like, but that's crazy yeah. the crazy part is my friend A-Train yeah. From Arizona. Yeah. Adrian, she lives outside of Detroit. Yeah. And she's back and forth to Tempe. Yeah. Like, she she cannot break it. Yeah. She's like, I want to move back, I want to move back, but her family's up there. Sure. Need her. Yeah. But I'm like, Carly, you live in Arizona. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. You don't live in Michigan. Yeah. You're just waiting to move back. That's why you're there. <laughs> such a, well, that town in particular has such a weird draw because I have a, so I have a friend who, I met first through Facebook. Like, we didn't meet face-to-face. -face. It was one of those things that we had so many friends in common. I was like, who is this person? Because we would, like, comment on mutual friends' things all the time. And we're like, but they lived in Jerome? Well, so she she is from Cottonwood, Arizona, which is the town, town right over, below. Yeah. And so when I was... I had moved to Arizona. Mm -hmm. We lived in Tempe for a year before moving to Jerome. Okay. When I was in Tempe, she went from Cottonwood and moved to Dover, New Hampshire. What? So weird. <laughs> and we didn't know each other. Like, we weren't aware of each other at that point. But, like, once I moved to Jerome, like, we sort of became aware of each other tangentially. Yes. Um, I moved, you know, eventually I moved back here from Jerome five and a half years ago. Maybe three months after I moved back, she moved back to Cottonwood. Uh, so like we were like crossing, crossing the paths. continent yeah. and then we like got to know each other better and whatnot because we had all these like because she grew up with a lot of people that I knew from Jerome and then eventually like, like she moved back to Dover 
maybe three years ago. It was funny because we had never met face to face at that point. But you guys were crossing paths, and then so you know, weird. and we talked about it because we knew because when she when she moved back to Arizona, she got a job working at this hotel, like doing house cleaning yeah. at this hotel. And the girl that she was taking over for had a trainer. It ended up being Lacey, my my ex, which they had no idea about each other. That's fucking weird. So fucking weird. And then it was funny because, like, when she moved back, we were like, we got to meet up and have coffee or something like that. And plans just weren't working out. And then just one day when I was outside my my art studio getting ready to get in my car, I just look and she's just, like, standing there with someone. And I was like, hey. I mean, because obviously we knew what each other looked like. And it was just like... She's like, oh, wow, the world didn't implode. We're actually in the same place at the same time. It was so weird. But I've had, like, with that town specifically, I've had a bunch of stuff like that. Like It's like a magnet. Well, and I had people from, from New England would go out on, like, a lot of people would go on work trips to, to Arizona. Because you know, there's a lot of corporations that are based out there. And they also they do a lot of conferences out there because it's dry and whatever. And I've had people be like, oh, dude, where in Arizona did you live? I just visited this cool little town. This, you know, I've had some, I'm like, yeah, that's the town I lived in. I mean, it's... This cool little town that's really impossible to drive in. Yeah. <laughs> 440 people live there. I'm like, that's where I live. Like, I've had more people I know visit there since I left. Than, I mean, I had like three people visit me in the three years I was there. So yeah, I, we so probably weird. had about three people visit in the four years I was at Tempe. Yeah, yeah. And, I kind of poo-pooed it to people like, oh, don't come and visit me because you won't leave. Right. And that's what would happen. Yeah. They're like, Tempe's awesome. Like, Tempe's pretty cool. Yeah. It's great. If you're, like, getting up at 5 a.m. and riding your bike to work, it's awesome. Right. It's great. But otherwise, it gets really hot midday. Yep. And yep. you don't want to be riding your bike at You don't want to be doing 3. anything outside in no. that time. No. Where were you in Tempe? So we were on... It was one of those apartment complexes where it's like 13 buildings that all look the same and like a quasi-gated thing. It yeah. Was, we, I know we were we were about 12 miles from the college campus. So, oh, so you were out by Mesa. Uh, no, other direction. Because uh, I worked in Mesa. Okay. But, um, but we lived in it wasn't like baseline that area like pre-baseline we had to it was past baseline it was maybe like two miles past baseline okay um, so almost an eight apache almost awatuki yeah yeah almost an awatuki okay. um i mean it's funny i i worked right on the mountain going up to awatuki mm-hmm. it's a baseline and priest basically yeah. and then go up to Alatuki from there but I lived right at the river okay I lived on um fifth and brown and prior I lived at sixth street this little cul-de-sac which is right by the river yeah and they had to like quiet down the house because the planes oh, <laughs> were yeah, landing yeah. that's old Tempe and then you know over where Meredith works at Casey Morris that's old town that's yeah. like Maple Ash area right outside of the university it's just so funny because it's like this hidden gem of a neighborhood yeah and then you cross mill ave and it's like a mall an outdoor yeah, yeah. mall of long longs is gone on like it's it's oh yeah for sure weird my uh what i told a couple of people so there was 
right down, right off of Mill, there was like, it was like a CVS on the corner, and there's, so there's a little uh, fortune teller, Mrs. Rita's. Yeah. So, and I, I knew about that before I had ever moved there, because the Gin Blossoms have a song uh, called Mrs. Rita, which I just, you know, growing up on that album, I just assumed it was just some made-up thing. Yeah, that's and over that, by Meredith's work. Yeah, and that, by but, Casey's. but they're from Tempe, and that's, like... I the, didn't know that. Yeah, that's what that's that's what it's about. Wow. So, like, if you were to walk out of the front door of Mrs. Rita's, take a right, yeah. and then take a right down, like... Go down, down by the train station? Yeah. It was exactly 10.1 miles from there to our house. Okay, well, so. that's a great where I live. Yeah, okay. So my house, so where that tra- train yard is, yeah. that was where uh, that Mexican Macayos was. So Macayos is right here, over through the train yard. That yeah, was yeah. my house. Oh, okay. And then there was a cool compound of warehouses that we like build cars and stuff. Yeah. Oh. Who us? <laughs> it's so funny because that. How, when's the last time you've been out there? Uh, I haven't been out there since I moved. So it was like 2006 when I moved yeah. to North Carolina. And Opal's ready to go. Yeah. She wants to go so bad. I'm like, next year, this winter was really hard. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a plan that in March next year, like either February or March, we're going to go out for a week. And just really take advantage of yeah. getting some sunlight. Yeah, for sure. It's a little bit cheaper for us to go there versus like some tropical island. Sure. Since you know sure. we look like such resort style people. <laughs> but you know, I think it's good. It'll be good for her. Plus, I mean, there's more stuff that the two of you can actually do out there rather than just hang out. Yeah, and my brother-in-law has tons of bikes. Like me and Oak can just. Yeah. bike around and be yeah. happy. Yeah. It was weird on my trip being out, specifically in Jerome, because it was the only place on the trip at that point that I felt like I was home. Yeah. Even though I did, like, and I, you know, the whole time I lived in Jerome, I was homesick for New England, and I didn't realize it, but once I moved back, I, like, get a little homesick for Jerome, and it was just, it was the one place where, like, like the ground I was walking on felt familiar to me. You know right? I mean? That's how I feel in North Carolina. Yeah, and then the same thing happened when I was in Silver Spring, Maryland, because that's where I lived before moving to New Hampshire. Yeah. You know, I'm from, my family's from this area originally. I mean, we were talking beforehand about how I was born and lost the town we're in right now, but I haven't really spent, I haven't spent much time here since I was a kid. So this, talking about weird connections. So yeah. I lived, we lived in Lynn for a while when I was a kid. And so I had this best friend, this kid, Marty, who, um, you know, we went to school together, but we'd be like, I'd go over his house after school and be playing in his backyard and we were obsessed with Star Wars. And But we hadn't seen each other since we were eight years old because that's when we moved to Maryland and this was pre-Facebook pre-everything we just lost touch and so about four years ago I'm in Newmarket New Hampshire this coffee shop I used to go to all the time I know it Crack Skulls do you know Crack Skulls yeah Uh, and they have a a local author section right above the place because I used to sit there and paint Uh and I look up and there's this book there. It's about running, and it's by Martin L or Marty Elwell, which is it's weird because 
when we were kids, he went by Martin, and as an adult, he goes by Marty, and it's usually the other way around. Yeah, that's funny. So I'm looking at this book, and I was like, it's not that common a last name, but so... And I, so I pick up the book and flip it over and read the about the author thing, and it says, Marty Elwell is a, a New England-based poet and runner. And that's all it says. So I was like, that doesn't tell me anything. And okay. so I asked the, the owner of the coffee shop, I'm like, do you know anything about this author? And she's like, yeah, Marty, he lives in the mills right across the way. And I was like, In New Market. Really? In New Market, New Hampshire. So I, through her Facebook, I looked at him and... But, I hadn't seen this guy since he was eight years old, so I'm yeah. looking at pictures of him as an adult, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> so I shoot him a message, and I was like, hey, man, I don't mean to be, like, weird or anything. I was like, but... I grew up in Lynn. Yeah, I grew yeah. up in Lynn. Did you, you know... I went to North Shore Christian School, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it was one of those things that with Facebook you can see if someone's read the message. So a couple yeah. days later I'd seen that he had read it and he didn't respond. And that's I was weird. Like, I was like, huh, that's Spooky weird. Time. And then like like two weeks later he responded. He's like, hey man, like, because apparently he did read it, but then was like, but the name didn't ring a bell at all. And then it took him some time to process. Well, and then he started looking through my pictures and found some old pictures that I had posted a while ago of like me and my brothers when we were kids, like not quite that young, but he was and it like jogged it. And it's funny because like. He was kind of a heavy set kid too, and he's like rail fit now because he runs marathons all the Holy time. Shit. But so he came over uh, one day when I was in the coffee shop. Like it wasn't even like plant because I was like, yeah, let's. You know, would you like to get together for a coffee or something like that? And he's like, yeah, let's you know figure out a time. But yeah, but you know, it had been thirty years since we had seen each other. Yeah, and. Um, so I was like, I don't know if we're going to have anything in common. And then he just happened to be in the coffee shop with his wife one day when I was there. And yeah. Michelle, the owner, was like, oh, hey, Marty, here, meet Scott. And like, and I was like, So you were meant dude? to meet back when right. it was time. And we ended up hanging out like three or four times and like hit it off. And like, That's we're, so cool. We're into a lot of the same things still. But then six months after we met, through his job, he and his wife moved to Tucson, Arizona. Shut the fuck up. And it's funny because uh, I don't, and, and I couldn't even tell you exactly what he does, but it's in communications and he's very specific what he does. So he's like in demand. Niche. So he was there for like a year and a half and then they moved to San Francisco. So when I was getting ready to go on this trip, I was like, hey, bud, because like when they come back for the holidays, we'll get together for a meal or something like That's that. So, so we've seen each other awesome. a few times. But. You know, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, I'm going on this trip. We'd love to see you guys. He's like, we'd love to see you too. But we live in Ireland now. Because like, they moved. He's like and, totally moved Yeah, everywhere. so. But my, you know, one of my brothers lives in England. So when I, you know, I'm planning on going over next year. You can you know, go visit. Yeah, Maybe. As, long, as long as he's still there. Yeah, he's just he like, could yeah, be in Thailand. Yeah, he's like, if you want to, you know, if you want a place to stay in Ireland for a couple of days, you can totally crash with this. But it's so funny that, like. Tiny little world that well, it is. It's, it's like people moving in these cubes right. back and forth yeah. and, out. and it's funny I mean you know my friends lived in Newmarket right. so before I moved to Arizona I was up in Newmarket every weekend right because our friends were over on Dill Farm Lane nice. and now they're up in Exeter yeah so Opal which is where I grew up and Opal goes up there to hang out with her kids because they're one year difference in age her yeah. son Aeneas is a year older and Leah is a year younger. Yeah. So it's like three little 
yeah. pegs. Yeah. But Opal's like, I love New Hampshire. Yeah. It's amazing. Have you ever been to Exeter? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, tell me about it. Tell me all about it. They have an ice cream place in Dover. I'm like, really? <laughs> That's Never eaten there. <laughs> well, I mean, you and I met through through work. Through work. But, but Random, but we... We go. knew people in common and whatnot. And yeah. more people that I meet constantly that yeah. are like, oh, you know Scott. I'm like, yeah. how do you know that I know Scott? Right. right. <laughs> yeah, especially now when you're not on social media. I'm not on social media, yeah. but... It was just weird, and then now that Ingrid has moved back with Necro, they're in, over in Brattleboro. Okay. And I helped Ingrid move. Necro came up a couple weeks later. Yeah. We came up like they were unloading the last boxes. Yeah. And uh, we were setting up the furniture with her. And three people that are hanging out are like, hey, I know your ex husband. This is weird. Their landlords yeah. are from New York. Oh, really? Well, they walked in, and I just figured there were some of Ingrid's friends. And I was like, I know this dude from Boston. That's my first thing. I thought he was, like, from the Rockabilly scene. Right, right. And he's like, no, I live, uh, we live in Connecticut now. Um, we lived in Manhattan for years. And I'm like, I know you from Manhattan. I know you from Manhattan. I was like, I lived in New York from what, 96 to 99? Mm -hmm. Not that long. It was from my, from a loft party at Christmas. My sister Meredith was visiting me. Yeah. These guys showed up. They were friends of friends. Him and his wife. They're very unique looking people. My roommate was a Brazilian jazz singer. Yeah. Her name's Luck. She's Amazing spitfire of a human. And Steve Ziegler, amazing chef dude. So that whole scene just opened up right yeah, there. Yeah. Okay. These random people come through. And I'm like, I know you from 411, but it was Mulberry Street in Newark, New Jersey. And we came over for a Christmas party. The dude's like, what? And then he was like, oh my God. I was like, Lyle and Steve's place. And he's like, I was like, my roommate worked in Nyack at the theater. Yeah. And he's like, I, I know I know Steve or Sean. And I was like, what? It's a small little world. Yeah. And he's got 20 years on me. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking crazy that her landlords are these random people right. from the scene I was in in New York. Right. Yeah. And this all happened within like minutes yeah. of stepping into Brattleboro. Yeah. I had like a million connections. It's like, I need to go. That's <laughs> really, it, like, it's funny. I had something like, I had something like that happen maybe a month ago. And someone was like, whoa, that's so weird. And I was it's like, it's really not weird. It's I was like, like, I was like, so honestly, late. stuff like that happens to me all the all time. All the time. Uh, it's the fabric. That's what I always tell people. It's like, these people, you stitch them into, they're like a piece, a little patch over here and a little patch over there, but suddenly you realize it's all just woven together. Yeah. Well, like, was, I, I, um, I'm working at this restaurant now a few days a week doing dishes and... Because um, you can't possibly not be busy. Right, exactly. It's, it's, it's one of those things. Uh, well, it's, you know, it, trying to find that balance with trying to pursue art as the full-time thing but also make a living make a doing living. it so and that's the thing and so many people are like oh dude i could get you this job you can make x y and z and i'm like yeah i had a full-time job for a while a good full-time job for a while and i was like but i never had time to do art so i'm like Ever. 
I'm like, yeah, I'm doing dishes because I can totally zone out, like mentally focus on artistic stuff while I'm doing that. Um, I was like, and it's a mile from where I live, so I'm like, it's it's easy, it's it's perfect for what I need. But yeah, so I had. Uh, so I went to a, I went to a play last night in Concord and saw uh, Concord, New Hampshire. Uh, saw a friend of mine who she's from up north, New Hampshire. She drives like an hour south to get to Concord, and I'm from like an hour, you know, south. Yeah, so we're like two hours away. So we don't see each other all that often. I know her through theater, but when I'm working at this restaurant, this kid that I work with, and he's 24. And we became Facebook friends, and he's like, hey, how do you know Cariel Anzalotti? And I was just like, oh, you know, through theater, blah, blah, He's like, cool, we went to college together, like, you know, and he's from Connecticut, and it was just like this Random weird, Random like, yeah, melding yeah. of life. I think he was the person I think. He's like, that's so weird that that, like, and I was like, yeah, that shit happens. I was like, I, I don't, I don't seem surprised because I'm yeah. like, I've got two decades on you, and stuff like that happens to me all the time. All the time, yeah. And that's like the Gloucester thing. Living back here, people are always like, hey, I met you in such and such. I'm like, uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. did. You met yeah. me a million years ago. Yeah. And it's funny, the coolest thing, I was in the back room of the shop down here, and I hear a voice literally say, hi, how are you today? And the person said, I'm good. Just looking for something for a gift for a friend. I'm like, Lonnie? You've seen Lonnie since grade school. Yeah. Walk out, Lonnie Porter is standing there. And she's like, hey, Patch. I was like, I recognize your voice. And she's yeah. like, you're insane. Yeah. I was like, I'm not. I'm not insane. We grew up together. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, when you're, especially when you're young, I feel like your experiences and the people you experience stuff with get ingrained in you no matter what. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, the more experiences that you have, the uniqueness of people comes through. Yeah. Like, even just how they draw their voice, how they speak. Yeah. And, like, I, and that actually goes back to the fact now that I have teeth, I talk. Yeah. Because there's this false power. And I always try and speak from my throat now. Right. Rather than orating. Right. I cannot stand it. I feel like I'm not me. Yeah. When I hear my voice, I'm like, that's not that voice. Yeah. That's not what I sound like. Hmm. And even Opal said it. She's like, it doesn't sound like that. Yeah. Sometimes when you talk, I'm like, I know. <laughs> I don't like it. But it's this whole fake palette. And I'm right. like, well, these little things have changed. And, you know, boys have their voice changed at some point throughout their young teenage years. Right. And I'm like, that's, that's weird. It's kind of like an identity crisis. But at the same time, it's like, you man now. Right. You know, there's that right to pass. But it's like... I still can hear people I grew up with's voice and know it's them sure. from another room. Sure. Even though, like, it's not the same voice when they were little. Right. I don't know. It's just funny. It's variations on Gloucester has been like that for me. Where in, I'm in a restaurant or I'm at the supermarket and I hear voices and I'm like, yeah. wow, I haven't yeah. seen you since we were five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why are you still here? <laughs> I, now I wonder if like, 
Because it's about the fact that, like, I'm from this area, but I left for a bit and then came back. Like, I wonder if people who grow up in an area and then relocate and never come back, I wonder if they have the same thing or if it's just... I wonder. I don't know. Because I've met... We used to laugh... Uh, my friend Shiloh, who's from here, that we grew up with, we would be driving Western Mass to see him walking down the road. Yeah. And I'd pick him up and take him wherever he wanted. Uh, I was in Arizona. He came and stayed with me in Arizona. But, like, random people would be like, oh, my God, what's Shiloh doing here in Arizona? I'm like, yeah. how do you know Shiloh? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but it's just, that's my world. Yeah. And people would be like, yeah, this is San Francisco. And I see, like, Shiloh walking down the street. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he lived there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not on social media. Right. And, like, there is no... Uh, there's no digital... No, footprint. people are like, I saw Shiloh the other day, like, in L.A. I'm like, and he's in L.A. now. Yeah. <laughs> is he still working on movies? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I only need to talk to him once every ten years. I'm all right. <laughs> I, um... When I was out... Well, on the trip, I was out in L.A., and I was visiting... Uh, you know, a few friends. Uh, are you all empty? Um, no, I'm not. So I have a friend who's from LA originally, but I met her. She was she was married at the time. She's married again, different person. Breaking uh, uh, it out. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> she was married to a guy who was in the Navy, so she was stationed at the uh, the. The Kittery uh, shipyard. Oh yeah. And so she worked at Best Buy with me, and that and we became friends, and we've just stayed friends. And it's and that's another thing too is like growing up, we moved a lot, and my parents kept in touch with family friends, so we would visit people. That's awesome. A lot. And I didn't realize until I was an adult that that's not the norm. Like people don't keep in touch with people. I mean, some people do, but no, it isn't the norm. Um, You're right. And, Most mean, people just move on. Yeah. A lot of the people that I visited on this trip were people I hadn't physically seen in like a decade, but stayed in touch. And but so my friend Michelle, who you know, I met her in New Hampshire, but then she moved to Hawaii and then moved back to LA, and you know, has two kids. I mean, she had one kid uh, when she was living here, and her you know her kids are like seventeen and nineteen now. But wow. so when we were getting together to meet. Um, she's like, meet me at this coffee shop. She gives me the address. But I had a friend from uh, New Hampshire who lives out in L.A. now, too. And we were going to meet later that day. And I was doing, like, back-to-back podcasts. And I was like, I was like, give me the address where you are so I can kind of figure out how much time I need. And so she gave me the address. And she lived same street, like like eight blocks away from the coffee shop that I was meeting the other person the, yeah Michelle so Michelle didn't live near there but that was the coffee shop she went to all the time at work and my friend Jack lived on the same street as the coffee shop that was her coffee shop and it was like I was like it's so weird they've passed each other yeah they've I'm been like, near each other they've probably seen each other you know what would never have any idea. Oh, you know Scott Chase. You know no, Scott Chase. No, but you're Chase. the little yeah, there. Yeah, it's so weird. You're the Lego. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have a friend from Boston. Actually, I, my friend Tina. She used. I met her through the Doula's Workbench years ago. Uh, her and I worked together in Portsmouth. She turned me on to this Australian singer. This woman named Amy Shark. Um, she's like, you gotta check this out. She knows I listen to a lot of like different stuff. And then when I was out in LA. Uh, 
I visited my friend Roland from New Hampshire as well, who lives out there now, and he's a musician. Um, yeah, he's he plays bass with her when she's out in LA. Really? So yeah, like he was on. I can't remember, I can't remember if it was Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel. He was on one of the like she was on one of the Jimmy shows this year, and he played with her on that. Like he's not in her regular touring band. Yeah. But when because she's from Australia, but when she's like just in LA for yeah, like a show a or something. Yeah, and that's he plays crazy. With it, and it was so weird. Well, all right. So bring that full circle. I told you. You told me I was born at Addison Gilbert Hospital, and yeah. I said me. And my friend were born at AGH. He moved away, came back, right? That friend is basically, uh, is it Lydia Lunch? Is yeah, that her yeah. name? He's her bassist. Oh, okay. So he tours with her, yeah. but he also does these like amazing jazz gigs like in South Africa. Right. Like, blah, 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 blah. And then he's in like a, a noise band. Yeah. But it's like it's a crazy awesome noise band. But it's like, how did this happen? How did like all these little things in his life? And he comes through here maybe once a year. Yeah. And like, right. weird. Yeah. Uh, I got to hang out with him in Providence, yeah. and my friend Becky came, but then she didn't go to the gig because she wasn't feeling well. But it turns out she was pregnant with her second child, and she didn't know. <laughs> but it's like, and then I, so I was down in Providence with Opal visiting my friend Becky and her two amazing children and her lovely husband, and we're at the park and the kids are cleaning up the trash in the park, right? Yeah. And this dude comes up and he's talking to us and Becky's introducing us and she goes, he's in Thunderbolt. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And so I looked it up and I was like, oh. I had met him already when I had gone down to see Child Abuse with Becky, who did not go to the show. Right. Two years prior. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Tiny yeah. little world. Sometimes I have one of the, like, when I have stuff like that happen, I'm like, I look around, I'm like, is this some weird, like, you know, hidden camera show that I'm on? I feel like, somebody's gonna jump out and be like, Or I'm like, am I in some weird, like, like, am I dying? And it's like my mind doing this crazy, like, dream, like, just piecing together all this stuff in your life. Yeah, no, you gotta wonder, it's like, is this my own memory chip that's making these things draw? Are these, is this a reality? Are these people physically here or am I controlling this? Right. Yeah. And that's where you get to the point where you like spook yourself on shit. Yeah. Like there's no reason why this whole thing should happen. Right. I, I definitely feel that way sometimes. Especially like when it's a new person in my, my world and they're so ingrained somehow in my own life. Right. That's like, how did I not know you? Right. It's the same way that meeting you. Yeah. And I was like, how did I not know you? Yeah. And you knew Crafton, yeah. and you knew Necro, yeah. but I had never met you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, wait, where did I get Yeah. There's a lot of that stuff. Moving back here was definitely a trip for me. Is it what, been six five years? years? Five years. Five years now. So as of August, it'll be five years. Yeah. You came back like six months before I did. Yeah, because I came back in... February February 2nd of 2013. 2013. I was here August 24th, 2013. Why the hell do I remember the date? Because I started work on August 28th. Oh, gotcha. Yes. 
I moved in a golf with a child. Yeah. And all of our belongings. I mean, I did a cross-country trek and a Nissan Versa Note, which is basically the same, same size. Thing. But I didn't have all my belongings. I mean, I had stuff. And was, I did do another trip. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> but I am... Um, it's amazing, like, because I packed the car to the gills for the trip, and then when I was in Montana, I got rid like, I unloaded a bunch. Of, I was like, I don't need all this, and I'd rather have the room in the car, because I had my dog with me, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember, when did I start working in with Ben? Was it the next year? I think so. I must have, it must have been, like, within six months, because Matt came to the school. <laughs> oh, really? He called and he's like, I need somebody to come and be a jeweler. And I was like, well, I'm a part-time instructor yeah. here. Like, I'll come and do it. Yeah. I can do it. And I had to drive to Nashville. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not ever. What was he trying to get you to work in Nashville? I told him there was no way in hell. And um, he was like, yeah, but we have a Peabody location. I was like, good, because I can work there. Right, right, yeah. And I came through and I like checked it out. And Jimmy was working. And I was like, he seems cool. I can dig on this. Yeah. And I was working with Matt a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> See fucking hair everywhere. I know. I I only worked with Matt like once or twice. Uh, I just remember. The, I mean, honestly, the most interaction I had with Matt. He nods and grunts sometimes. <laughs> well, there was the one day where like, because business was not doing great for a little while. Oh yeah, while. no, he and came, came in. And, yes. Day, then, like, <laughs> I was like, there. Yeah, he, yeah. Both of us were working. It was a Saturday, and like, had a bunch of questions, and then like, but then he, he left. He was like cleaning the drawers out. And yeah. Stuff. <laughs> but then like he left, but. Like we noticed, like I noticed, like forty-five minutes later, he was like watching us, like from, like, from hiding. Around. And then who was that dude from Quincy that used to come, Jimmy Tooth Knuckle or whatever? Oh, the guy was like, yeah, wearing his like warm-up pants. And, yes. like, yeah, gross. It's funny you should say that because this play that I saw last night it was it was eight comedy shorts, and there there was one that was like a spoof on like The Sopranos. But one of the guys was like dressed in that outfit and like he was doing the basketball like, silky yeah. pants. Yeah, and the t shirt and be like, hey. Hey, you want to yeah. buy a gold chain real cheap? <laughs> yeah, and it just it reminded me of that. That's so funny. I, I was just like, oh, man. What was that dude's name? Steve. Steve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, then there was the one time. Remember, he was like, he would like lurk around and like yeah. wander back and forth the same way Matt was. Like, yeah. go keep your eye on these people. Like, no, we're not stealing. We're yeah. not, not like, making money. It's just it's the way the business is working. <laughs> um, it was funny because there was that one time that. Uh, Ben had me work in the Quincy shop that they had for a while. Yes, Steve's yes, I place. remember. Yes. And I just remember he was like, because it was like a rough neighborhood, and he's just like, hey, come here for a second. And he takes me in the back room, and he's like, so here's the gun. And, yep. and I was, he's like, so if someone tries to rob you, you just point at their head. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not a gun dude. Like, I'm just like, I'm not. I'm like, if, if it's that dangerous a neighborhood, you know, I don't. Dude, it's so fucking weird. <laughs> Sorry. It's so weird. But it was funny can, too. Can you fix this chain for me really, really quick? I gotta buy it. Somebody wants to buy it. Somebody wants to buy it. Can you solder it right now? Can you solder it now? Yeah. I got a whole bunch of repairs, Gretchen. Can you do it now? I remember that day we'd bring down repairs and they'd need them done. It would be like the most ghetto-tastic shit on the face of the earth too. Like hollow, 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 yeah. hollow. Everything hollow. 
I'm like, no, no. I remember putting down my like, no, I don't want to do it. Matt would be like, you have to do it, you have to do it. So I would be like, no. I have to go drop off repairs with Ben. And he's like, uh, I have to go and get acetylene. I have to go up to this place and get new acetylene. We're out. And he's like, and Matt's here. And I was like, what? I was like, I'll be up at three. Do you think that's going to be all right? And he's like, yeah. So I go up there. I'm there at three. And I see the hair peeking up. And I was like, went and sat down by Newberry Comics. They have a little seating area now. I just sat there. I texted him. I was like, hi. He's like, I'll be down in a minute. I was like, I just don't want to interact with him right now. At all. I mean, I... You know, I, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure. Just, I just know, don't want to interact with yeah, him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's so funny. The energy. You need yeah. to keep it over there. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of just laughing at me. I was like, hey, you're the one that invited him into your life. And it's funny, my friend, so <laughs> I have a friend, Terry, who works for Newbury Comics. Uh, and, uh, I mean, she's a musician, but that's like her day job. And she posted a video, because she's not on Facebook either, but she's on Instagram. And she, she posted a... Uh, a video of her band playing at the old Peabody Newbury Comics, which yeah, is down the street. Which where is Shiloh like, works. Yeah, which is like <laughs> and a, Craig. a Starbucks and a JOS yes. bank now. Yes. And, uh, she, you know, they, they did an in-store thing there, and she was just like... That was an awesome that, space. That was like my favorite Newbury Comics. Me too. But then she was like, yeah, and then two years later, we had to move it into the mall. And I was like, yeah, that's the Newbury Comics in the mall that I work Perfect. at. Yeah. You know, one day, day a week, and it's just like such a such a small world. It is. It's a totally small world, and she probably knows Shiloh, and she probably knows Craig also. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure. Because they worked in that location, and then... Prior to that, Shy worked for Diamond, the distributor. Right. And, um, yeah, the warehouse, as we call it. Right. And then, what was the other place that Liam used to work at? Rounder Records? Mm-hmm. We're like, everybody I know that's on SSI for being crazy works right. there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, wait, how did, all, how did this all happen? Like, how do you... You don't. You're not supposed to know that person. Yeah. You're not supposed to know that person. Yeah. Why do you guys know each other? <laughs> there was a. This, this this might not be of interest to you, but anyone listening to this, uh, fun little trivia about Gloucester. Do you know that the very first factory that made CDs in the United States was in Gloucester? No. Yep. Reco Disc Records. Uh, Where is that? Uh, they they don't exist Where anymore. Was it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's. I don't know where they were, but because uh, this was in the early '80s, and none of and the major labels when they were doing CDs, because they weren't sure it was a viable thing, yeah. they would just do it in Japan and then import them. And uh, Ryko Disc was the first place in the United States to do it because they licensed the Zappa and the David Bowie catalog and released those on CD. And then, no shit. you know, when the labels found out that there was money in CDs, they they cut off their licensing deal and started making them themselves. That's so cool. Yeah. But that's so is that R I K O? R Y K O. R Y K O. Disc. Oh my god, that's so cool. I had no idea. That's yeah. good trivia. Yeah. That's awesome. Ryko Disc, Wikipedia. Word. 
I would check that out. Yeah. I wonder where that was. It's got to be up in the industrial park. I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, they're. I believe they were bought by Warner like ten years ago, or whatnot, and they've like, you know, because they were because their biggest like claim to fame for original artists was Morphine was on Ryko Disc Records, and uh, yeah, they have SST Records, Meat Puppets. Yeah. Yeah, they bought a lot of old punk labels back That's catalogs. Awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. I didn't know any of this stuff. Gloucester's special. So, one, I have, when I moved over to Village Silversmith here, behind it is a a small building that has been purchased and made into condos. Mm. That building contained a jewelry distributor called Dobbs Boston. Dobbs Boston? Dobbs Boston. Yeah. It's right behind where I was working as a jeweler when I first started working for Village Silversmith and they had sold the business and my pal Anne who teaches with me at North Bennett who now runs the jewelry department was on the fence about running the department and she was offered to take over Dobbs Boston and they moved to Waltham Hmm. but it was right there beside me the whole time I was like sent a picture over day and I was like this was Dobbs building she's like I know oh, that's <laughs> like, awesome. just like small little world things yeah. where I, you know I'm in Southern Pines North Carolina working with my friends down there and I'm calling Gloucester yeah I'm yes. like I'm from Gloucester right. yeah. I know where you're across from the Y yeah she's like yeah. yes how do you know that I'm like because I'm from there. I'm looking at it in my brain right right, <laughs> right. Well, when I had my record store in Jerome, one of the places that we got our T-shirts from was JSR Direct, which is in Dover, New Hampshire, That's like so in the mill weird. building where I had my art studio. But I knew like JSR because I've been there for forever. Um, That's some pieces, man. Do you remember uh, in the ninety early nineties because Fugazi never licensed, like Fugazi never made T-shirts, and there was but you might have seen this. There was one that kind of made it through the scene for a while that said this is not a Fugazi t-shirt did you yes, ever see that I remember that so yeah. JSR came up with that because that was their way of getting around me because that's a like Fugazi had nothing to do with that yeah and they're like oh if we put this is not a Fugazi t-shirt that's then, a, the sneaky we, yeah and which Ian Mackay like reached out to them and like I'll give you credit for you know doing that and they're like here's the thing uh, we don't license it so this is what bands typically get for a license will allow you to run through the stock that you have if you make a donation in this licensing amount to a charity and you're so they gave it to a women's shelter but that's awesome. it's pretty cool I, I just found out about that recently that's really yeah. cool well, yeah, well that's funny because I to bring the in thing is my friend Bryson who's from right down here right. in Lanesville across the street from where I live now yeah I live smack dab in between right where my friends all grew up yeah and Bryson lives in D.C. And when his wife was pregnant with her first child, he was like spazzing out at Whole Foods or whatever. Like, oh man, so stressful. And his pal, Ian, don't worry, buddy. You got this. Being dad's easy. Yeah. He had some sage words for Bryson, and I was like, how the fuck do you know these people? <laughs> He's just like, a, and he went to uh, Dartmouth. He was a runner. He got running scholarship. Oh, okay. Small world. (laughs) 
Well, I think it's just. What yeah, time are we? I got. I you got to get I going. Jet. Um, this has been awesome. Uh, yeah, that was a good random talk. <laughs> yeah. So, so we didn't even really talk about you doing jewelry. So, if people want to check out your work, where would they go on the interwebs? They would go on to my site, which is Gretel McKenna okay. Instagram. G R E T L E. Yeah. M C K E N N A. And Village Silversmith is also on Instagram. And we do a whole bunch of wholesale stuff too. If you, if you cool. make jewelry, you can buy cool. stones. Yeah. You can buy stuff. Cool. Yeah. Well, this was, it was good to see Brando you. Random awesomeness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because, you, you know, when I text you, I was like, is nine o'clock okay? And you're like, I get up I'm at five a.m. Every and then day. As I'm driving into Salem this morning, you're like, I just woke up. And I was like, no problem. <laughs> I never do that. So I'm getting sunburned. Awesome. <laughs> cool. Thank you.